That was good. Thank you, Ms. Kay. That was good. Lord, we just pray that that song, Lord, just resounds, Lord, not just in this building, in this hall, God, but throughout this city, God. Lord, I'm accepted, God. Lord, that you died for everyone, God. God, you gave your son for the world. Lord, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, God. And God, we just pray that the, the, the wind of your spirit just carry those words and that song and the sound that was sung here and just begin to... Spread it across this, this, this city, God, Lord. Lord, in the darkest parts of the city, God. God, even to the, the spots where the light is, God. Lord, that that message just goes forth, God, Lord. That, you are, that, that this will be the song of the city. I am accepted, God. In the beloved, God, Lord. Lord, this will be the anthem of the hearts of the people, God, in this city. Is that we are accepted. We have found you. We have received you, God. And God, we thank you for your son, God. Lord, this is the beginning. I, I, I hear the beginning of the, of the new sound of the people, Lord. The beginning of the songs of the hearts of people, Lord, that I am accepted, God. That I've been accepted, Lord. Well, we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Whew. Amen. Amen. Yeah. You know, that they had that song on their heart, that they began singing that song. Amen. I mean, that's, that was, that was good. I, I just, I feel like that was a, a song that is a song of freedom, as you said. And I just, I just, I'm like, Leon, I just see that just going out and just falling on the house and falling on the, the hearts of, of the people of the, of the city of, of McAllister. Last week I had made a mention of a song, the, the song in, in the garden where it says, I go to the garden alone and the, the sound that I hear falling on my ears and, and the joy that we share as we tarry there and none other has ever known. And I just, I hear, as, I've, as you were singing that, I've been feeling that. That's, I hear the Lord saying, this is the sound that's coming from southeast Oklahoma. This is what the Lord is beginning to find. This is what, so this is what the Lord is saying, I'm beginning to hear people are beginning to, to speak in their heart and they're beginning to say the joy that I share, joy that we share as we tarry there, as we, or as he's having those encounters. People are having encounters with the Lord. I hear the Lord to say for us to keep our eyes open and our ears open to hear people talking about the encounters that they're having. They're having encounters. I don't know if you have seen this week that they released some new photos of the new telescope that they've been able to see. Uh, there's, I don't know, some huge telescope. I don't know exactly where it's at, but it's the most powerful, most they're able to see now further and more vivid, clearer images than they've ever seen into space and different galaxies, and it is breathtaking. I mean, it is, and, and I'm thinking, how in the world can you not believe in a, in a, a design, <laughs> a creation um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one of the thing, one of the stars that they begin to see is they said it was billions of years that's taken to get here for us to see it. So it's already happened. You're right. You're seeing it in the past, and so it amazes me when you see what they're able to see now, and some of the they're able to go further into they're able to go further into the unknown. Um, and I believe as we go further into that, that humankind's going to find the, the existence and the, the understanding that this was a creation, as there is God. And, 
It seems to me like the scientists keep trying to disprove it, and the more they keep trying to disprove it, they're going, well, we can't really, <laughs> there's something there that we can't explain, you know. We are looking at the past. I mean, what we're seeing is something that's already happened. And we apply it to... Like healing. Miracles. Because it's been decreed. If we could get our minds out of the way... And, and just see it as it's already been done. We're just now able to see it, but it's already been done. That's, I mean, we know that God dwells in a different dimension, you know, I mean, and a lot of People believe it's just right here. It's, what if? When we're praying for someone to be healed, we begin to look into what's already been done and, and see it like those guys are looking at this star. It was already done how many million years ago? billion, whatever. But it works the same way, I think, with the promises of God. He's promised us this southeast Oklahoma is going to be transformed. But it's already happened in God's economy. In God's timing. Because he said it. That made it so. Because we can go back to Genesis 1. And he said, let there be light. And there was light. It was immediately done. The fact that we haven't seen it all yet doesn't mean it's not done. So if we change our expectation from one of these days... To it's already been done, and reality is catching up with, well, actually that's reality. Um, transformation is catching up with God's reality. We might see things happening a lot quicker, maybe, I don't know. You're, you're learn well. Huh? You learn well. <laughs> Spirit of Jack on. <laughs> yeah. First so, Corinthians three says, "I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now." You were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another says, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? It's just, if we can see... what God is and does and has done, then we are, we are not babes and looking at milk. But we're taking some solid stuff. And the only way you're going to go there where she was talking is to be, not be a babe, but of somebody who is mature and can receive God is showing to us. 
it's good when everybody else preaches your message. <laughs> um, I want to back up what uh, both Jack and Kay have said, but specifically what Kay said. Um, I don't believe it's a what if. I think it is an, it, it's, it's a declared truth. Because the Word of God says that the heavens declare the righteousness of His glory. And the righteousness of His glory is the foundation of the creation. The righteousness of His glory is the establishment of our very being as Christians. The righteousness of, of His glory is what brings about the change in the blood of Christ that made it something more than just human blood. And so if that's the case, and you use that as a foundation, then the God of the entirety of all dimensions, who created this universe, didn't say, well, let's let them look out into space and see the future, the past, the present. He said, no, I want them to see the past, because it's already done. And yet that glory declares my righteousness. So I don't think it's a what if. I think it's an absolutely foundational truth that the glory of God is declared in his past works. You know, Ms. Kay, that was something I think that we'd heard a while back ago about the testimony. That's why testimonies are so powerful. Because it's something that's already been done. It's somebody that's declared this is what the Lord has done. And it allow, Bill Johnson says it allows... When the testimony is given, it allows God to recreate the miracle that he did in this person. Because someone's sitting there going, what he'll do for one, he'll do for another. He's no respecter of a person. And it builds faith. It begins to build strength in the idea of that, of that testimony, being able to do that. Um, prophecy, yeah. Hasn't he always come through for you? <laughs> My head is just full of just lyrics. That's <laughs> I was raised in church. I was raised on music. So my head is full of just, I relate to everything through song lyrics. But as Sean was talking to, it reminds me of, he's talking about that the, his past, it shows his, the past is the righteousness and it shows forth his glory, the past. And I begin to look at that. And immediately when he was talking about that, I was thinking of Moses. Moses says, show me your glory. And what does he do? Um, the book of Genesis was written by Moses, and how, he was, how it was written by Moses was whenever he says, show me your glory, and he put him on the rock, the Bible says he passed by him. And we know that, that God doesn't have a body. He's not physical, but he's spiritual. So a lot of the, the ancient teachers taught that's how Moses saw, was able to write the book of Genesis is because God showed him the past. And it says, this is what? This is how, show me your glory. You want to see my glory? Let me show you my glory. And he began to show him the creation. In the beginning, the earth was without void. And began to, I created the, the, the separated, the night from the day. But in the middle of that creation, also right at the very end of it is he created man. And he said, I'm going to show you I created everything. And then I created you and I said it was good. And that was the glory that Moses began to see. Show me your glory. And he showed him the past. It says, this is my righteousness. This is my glory. We see also, the Bible says, as Kay was saying, is from the foundations of the earth, the Lamb of God was slain. That was set forth. That was released, healing. We see scripture after scripture. Uh, Isaiah says that there will be a son that will rise with healing in his wings. So that was a prophecy of speaking of Jesus. We know that Jesus was the fulfillment of that. So healing is a spoken word that was released from the very beginning that we begin to see. I love what Kay says is, it's, we think it's like, oh, that reality is catching up with the word of God. But actually, the, the world around us is catching up with the reality of the word of God. That, he, that it was spoken and we're beginning to see. And we think we're, that everything's playing catch up with us. But we're just now coming into the revelation of what God is. Which goes really awesome with what we're going to talk about today. The scripture that I had... It's going to sound a little bit different, but it's Matthew 11, and we're going to just read in one, and we're going to go just a little bit here. Um, but just such good stuff about what we're talking about here, about that revelation, about revealing. We go from glory to glory. There's things that I know about Christ that I knew 
in, in Sunday school at Cupco Free Will Baptist Church as a kid that I begin to grow and those truths become more and more to me even now on a daily basis. So just last week we preached John three sixteen, and I've been mulling over that this last week. And it's, I've heard that from the time I was a kid. I mean, no forwards and backwards, but it's becoming more revelation to me. It's becoming deeper. I'm actually, and the revelation that I'm looking at, Miss Kay, it's cool because it's like, oh, this is a new revelation. And the reality is it's not new. It's been from the very beginning of time, but now I'm just now coming up to the reality of what that scripture and the fullness of that is. I believe that we're going to see, and I've been saying this for a while, but I believe we're going to, to, to see a, a huge shift and restructuring of the church. A lot of people have been saying that, but I think that when they, when they a lot of times when we say things, we already have in our mind of what that's going to be and what it's going to look like. And God was just like, and a lot of times in my life, when I do that, God's like, well, that's cute, but let me show you what we really want to do with this. That's great. It's, uh, I'll give you some props on that. It's, you're real creative. You know, it's good. But that's nothing what I want to do. So just, and, and sometimes it's hard for us not to do that because we are creative people and we get that and we try to sometimes get ahead of things. But, but, but the Lord is gracious with all of us, right? He's gracious as we walk this out and, and as we stay pliable as we stay teachable he can teach us and he can he can he says that's okay he's like the potter on the wheel we'll put a little water on you we'll lump you up a little bit but we'll build you back to where you need to be and he's masterfully creativity creative that way he's the he's the creator and so uh, we begin to see there's a, a shifting that's here it's 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 um Whatever, whatever, in the last few years, especially with COVID, things really shifted. And a lot of people are trying to go back to the old way of doing things. And it's just not going to happen. You can't, we can't fit that anymore. There's a lot of the church are struggling trying to catch up or to recreate or to maintain what we've always had. Because it may look different. It may feel different than what we've done. But the Lord is saying, just allow me to, 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 to switch some things and begin to change. So... Uh, all of this is going to kind of fit in in just a minute. Verse, chapter 11, verse 1. Now it came to pass when Jesus finished commanding his 12 disciples that he departed from there to teach and to preach in their cities. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you the coming one or do we look for another? In other words, there was a prophecy already coming. John, he was very aware of the prophecy. He, he had a specific understanding of who he was. He knew that when the, one day the Spirit was going to ascend and descend on somebody, and he, would knew, he knew that was going to be the Lamb of God. But here in Matthew, John is saying, okay, is, it, is he the one or do we seek another? Jesus answered and said to them, go and tell John these things which you hear and see. The blind see and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up. And the poor have the gospel preached to them, and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Now listen, I love that. How many of us, and I'm going to meddle a little bit here. How many of us, when we hear ministers talk, we get to hear about all the things they're doing? Get to hear their itinerary of where they've been for the last, how many miles they've flown, how many miles they've traveled, who they've talked to. So the first 30 minutes or so of any sermon that you hear of any big minister, it's going to be about where they've done and what they've been doing all week. Then we might get a little scripture, then maybe an altar call. But Jesus said, don't worry about who. John asked him, are you the one? Are you the Messiah? Are you the coming one? Are you the one that we've been hearing about this whole time? Jesus didn't tell him. He said, this is my lineage. This is who I am. This is where I come from. This is all this. He said, you tell him this. The blind see and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up. They're being healed. People's lives are being touched and being changed. The poor have the gospel preached to them. They have good news preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. He's saying, blessed are you, John, because you're not offended by this. Matter of fact, you're really wanting to know if you're the one, if I'm the one, to make sure because you, you don't want to be offended. You're not walking in that. And that's what the Lord is beginning. I think what we're beginning to see a lot now is there's a lot of activity going on in the church but we make all what we're doing the watermark. I preached a couple weeks ago, several weeks ago now, about empires. We build empires. And that what you said, where he said that, uh, what the scripture that you read about uh, Paul and, and I'm of this and I'm of that. We want to build our empires. Well, I'm with Paul. Paul had the greatest revelation of the Bible. Well, I'm, 
I'm with, with John. John was the beloved. He's the one that had his head on, on Jesus. Well, I'm with Peter. I'm a zillion. I'm just as, ain't nobody going to be more fiery than me, right? Yeah. I'm cutting people's ears off. That's, that's who I am. I'm with so-and-so. I'm with Dr. This, Dr. That. I'm with this prophet, that prophet. I'm with this evangelist. That evangelist. We all want to build our empires. That's what, that's what he's saying. He said, but blessed is he who's not offended by me. Blessed is he who's not offended by those people in different camps that are healing the blind, raising the dead, healing the lamp. That's the watermark. That's the watermark. And that's what I, I believe the world hasn't seen the church do. We have all these, this is what we do. This is what I've done. This is who I am. And there's none of this. Well, what makes you a church a church? Well, the, the blind see. The deaf hear, the lame are walking, the dead are raised, the, the poor have the gospel preached to them. This, is, this was Jesus' ministry. This is what he said. Tell John this. This will suffice him. This will let him know that the true works of the Messiah, of the one he'd been waiting for, is now come. And, and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. John, you've been having great ministry. You've, you've built a name for yourself. And Jesus comes up and some of his disciples are like, well, he's baptizing all those people. He's doing this. And there's this kind of that, that moment and people kind of, John and Jesus didn't have that. But the people around him kind of was just like, well, John's baptizing more people than we are. This Jesus guy is about to take all of our disciples. Matter of fact, some of John's disciples went with Jesus. But John was never offended. Why? Because he says, behold, the Lamb of God. And this is what Jesus said about him. This is, this is what Jesus said in verse 7. And they departed. Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John. John's come and ask. He come and ask me. The whole crowd seen his disciples come and ask Jesus. John wants to know if you're the one. Jesus said, you tell John this. People heard him. And then Jesus said, why did you go out into the wilderness to see? What did you go out in the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet, for this is he of whom it is written. And Jesus begins to say, John is the fulfillment of the prophecy of the the one who would go before me and prepare the way. For before I send my messenger before your faith, who will prepare your way before you. Verse 11, I surely I say to you, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist, but he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Man, John's greater than all the old prophets. All those prophets that you loved in the Old Testament, John's greater than every one of them. This isn't just John telling everybody this. This is Jesus Christ telling the greatest of these is John. Right? But he says, but I tell you something, in the kingdom to come, the least in the kingdom is going to be greater than John the Baptist. That tell you how powerful the kingdom is. That I tell you how the powerful the kingdom. We look at John the Baptist from this go, man. He was the one that prophesied Jesus. He stood on the shores and said, "Behold, the Lamb of God who come to take away the sins of the world." We look at that and go, "That is awesome." But Jesus said, "He's greater than all those before him." But after him, after I die and the kingdom comes, even the least is going to be greater than him. But what Jesus was saying was, is John doesn't get tripped up by that because he's, he's humble and he knows that he's just a part in playing what's, what's supposed to happen. And he, John realizes that Jesus is saying that, that I'm the one that the story is going to be about. That this is going to be about me. Verse 12, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violent take it by force. I want to stop there for just one moment there. And, and there is so much um, built into that that, that we, we've taken of this as we use this a lot of times for the approval of violence within the body of Christ. And, and there are so many different things that, that this has been taught by. But, but as I was reading this and I began to read some commentary on this, the kingdom suffered violence. There was a time in that time too, there was, there was attacks against the kingdom of heaven and we've seen that. But when you look at this, you, you, and as I begin to study this and begin to study this from, from, from the, the perspective of Jesus, Jesus wasn't talking about physical violence coming against the kingdom. What he was talking about were those that grab a hold of the kingdom of God. Those who come into the kingdom of God, they take it by storm. 
In other words, those poor that have the gospel preached to them, those deaf that have their ears open, those blind that have their eyes open, those sinners that have come home, the prodigal sons that come home, and the father says, no, don't give him a servant's robe. You go get my robe, you go get my ring, you get a new pair of shoes, and you kill the fatted calf for him. They take it by force. They grab a hold of the kingdom of God, and they say, my life has been changed. I was once not accepted accepted but now I'm accepted above the beloved and it's because of his grace and it's because of his mercy that I grab a hold of the kingdom of heaven and I got to know more the old hymn says I got to know more than I know now and someday when I reach the heavenly shore I'm gonna know more than I know now and so it's a hunger inside of us that I've got to get a hold of more of what I'm feeling of I don't understand it all yet I'm going from glory to glory but I'm going to violently go after it. Not, you're not going to stop me. You can't, you can't stop me from knowing more about me. You may kick me out of your church. You may disassociate with me. But I got the word of God. I got the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. And I am going to hear him. I'm going to chase after him. I'm going after him with everything that I have. Violently grabbing a hold of it and taking it by force. Verse 13, for all the prophets and the law prophesied until until John. And then he tells them, and if you are willing to receive it, he is Elijah who is to come. If you're willing, (laughs) if you're willing to receive this moment, if you're willing to receive him, because what he's telling them, if you don't receive him, you won't receive me. So it's earthly things versus heavenly things. If I tell you earthly things, you won't re- and you can't receive it. I can't tell you heavenly things, and you're going to receive it. But if you will, if you will trust in me, and this is talking to people who knew, talking to people who have been looking for this to happen for a long, long time. This isn't people that didn't understand. If you're willing. To receive it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. In other words, he said, everybody's got ears on their head, but not everybody's going to hear what I'm saying. Right? But to what shall I liken this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to their companions and saying, we played the flute for you and you did not dance. We mourned to you and you did not lament. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton and a wine-bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But this is something that's been hitting me right here all week long. I've been looking at this script, this verse next. But wisdom is justified by her children. He's saying here, he he was like, if you don't receive John, you're not going to receive me. How can I say this? Oh, this generation is like children playing in the market. There was a game that they would play, and the children would act like they're playing a song. And so whoever was the, the lead piper or whatever, he'd play like he's, he'd act like he's playing a festive song. And the children would dance. And then they would say, he'd slow it down and all the children act like they're mourning. And this was a game that they used to play. The game that they played in the streets. And they'd start dancing. Everybody was, he said, you're like those children. We've played the, the, we've played the festive songs. You didn't dance. We played the lament songs and you didn't mourn. You didn't lament. You didn't go, and he said, and he goes, but then John came to you not eating and drinking and doing everything that you thought he should do. And you said he had a demon. I come to you eating and drinking and you said I'm a wine bibber and a friend of sinners. In other words, he's saying you don't want to see. You don't want to change. You don't want to do. I believe that this is a very prophetic speaking of what is happening in the body of Christ today in America. There are those that are saying, well, you got to do it this way. Or they're saying, no, we got to do it this way. But nobody's doing anything. We're just arguing over styles and we're arguing over uh, ideologies that we grew up with. But there's nobody being able to rise up and say the blind are seeing, the deaf are hearing, the lame are walking, and the dead are being raised again. And nobody is offended by that because it is Jesus Christ. See, that's why he has to be the watermark of all that we do. Because if it's anything else, then it becomes about, look at all the programs I've put together. Look at all the things that I'm doing. Am I against that? No. 
But the watermark is not all that we do. The watermark is what is being done through us. Do the poor have the gospel preached to them? Are people hearing the gospel message of Jesus Christ? Ms. Kay said, quoted Revelation 19.10, a, a clear testimony of Jesus is the essence of prophecy. Are we prophesying in that way? A clear testimony of Christ. Verse 20, he says then, he gives us, it says, a woe to the cities of Galilee. And I'm getting somewhere. Then he began to rebuke the cities in which most of his mighty works had been done because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to the Bethsaida, for the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon. They would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And and you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say to you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. What he was saying is, is these people didn't understand me. They didn't have me the gospel of Jesus Christ yet. And you have had it from the beginning. You have understood it from the time. There is no reason. He is chiding. There is no reason for you not to know who I am. I am fulfilling every single thing that was put, to, put, that was put forth from the time of Moses. All these years, I am fulfilling every single thing. And I will fulfill it all before I die. And there will be no mistaking of who I am. Matter of fact, when I die, one of the Roman citizens who don't even know our culture is going to say, surely this was the son of God. (laughs) Woo! Now, this is my favorite part. (laughs) I ain't even got excited yet, Jack. (laughs) Verse 25. The title of mine says, Rest in Christ. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This last verse of 27, the last part that says, you've got to understand what Jesus is saying here. No one knows the Father except for the Son. (laughs) He's telling these religious Pharisees and Sadducees who have studied the law of Moses. They've studied the teachings of, of, of Torah. They've studied the Psalms, the, all the, the wisdom scriptures. They've studied the prophets. And here Jesus says, you don't know the Father. Only the Son does. <laughs> Jesus, you, when you read this, you really see Jesus was trying to get himself killed. And he done a very good job of it. <laughs> you don't know the Father. Only the Son, only I know the Father. But he says this, he says, nor does anyone know the Father except for the Son and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Now that doesn't mean that Jesus revealed to some and he won't others. What he was saying is, what he was saying up here at the very beginning up here, where he says the kingdom suffered violence. There are those that are going to go after this. And as you go after it, I'll reveal more to you. But I can't reveal it to you until you are ready for it. Not to, can you handle that, but are you ready to receive in your heart and in your mind. Because revelation, when revelation comes, it changes you all the way through. You can't just change in your mind and not in your heart when you receive true revelation. Amen? And so what he was saying is, as you're ready for it, my will to you is that you receive all of it. But I understand that some of us are walking on a a little bit different path. I'm not going to say slower, because some of us, we, we like to use it, I'm faster, you're slower. But we're walking different paths. Some of us have been on this journey for a long time. Some of us just got started. Some of us are somewhere in between. But Jesus wills to reveal all of it to you as you continue to move forward and you continue to grow in it. There's some revelation that I've had. I'm saying, whoa, whoa, God, we're going to have to hold on for a minute because I, I got to walk this out for a day or two. 
I got to wrestle this out. I got to get in that burning bush area with you. And let's rest. I got to be like, Jake, let's wrestle this out for a minute. Because this is, once I get a hold of this, there's been revelation that I said, once I get a hold of this, this changes everything. This is a game changer for me, God. There's been times where he's shown me things and I said, God, if I step on the other side of that, I'm leaving some things here. I'm leaving a comfort zone here. And if I step into that and the Lord will say, take it by force. Don't just mealy mouth grab a hold of it. But when you get ready, grab a hold of it and run with it. There's been revelation that I've kind of set and I heard and I sat for a minute going, I, I want to grab a hold of that, but my feet just aren't sure yet. And I, I got to wrestle this out a minute before I, I, I feel it. there's been parts where my, my, my brain, my heart, and my spirit weren't all together. <laughs> my spirit is going, yes, whoa, that's it, yes. My body and my brain is going, whoa, 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 whoa. That goes against everything you've ever been taught. But my spirit's going, exactly, yes, go for it, go for it. I'm going, no. <laughs> No, 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 no. We can't do that. But when it came together and I was able to walk with the Lord with it and he brought me into that revelation, all of them were able to come together and grab it by force and say, this is what we stand on and this is what we begin to move forward in. But in that, I love all this. He began to talk about even the judgment days and that. He finally ends it with my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to me who are weary and I will give you rest. Who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. There's a song that, that I've heard different worshipers sing. It says, come to me you weary ones and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. And I believe this morning what we felt as Kay was, was, was singing and leading us into worship was the Lord resting our souls. I felt that. I felt just rested. He said, come to me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. As I studied that word yoke out, we, we know a lot of it in our ancient times and even some more modern times. The word yoke was about plowing. And it was about the, the beast, the burden that would, would move. And when you yoke them together, one can't take off without the other one. They have to work in unison. And I begin to look at that, but then also study in that time and age the different philosophers and the different teachers that would, would begin to go and they would say, as they would do things, they would maybe, if there was a teacher that they were helping the poor and they would say, what are you doing? They'd say, well, this is the yoke of my, of my master or my teacher, so-and-so. This is the yoke. And, and some of the yokes that these teachers had was hard. Some of them, that's why they shaved their heads and they didn't eat and they, they had certain looks. And they said, why do you do that? What, what's that for? Well, this is the yoke of my master. And Different ones would do different things, and you would see them and say, oh, well, you're with Jack. You're with Paul. You must be with Paul because you look a certain way, you walk a certain way, got a certain pair of shoes, and they'd say, yes, that's the yoke of my master. And so as we walk, as we walk in this, and we walk and people say, you have peace on your life. You look like you have rest. You look like you have a, a, a confidence about you, a made-up mind. A, a, there's, there's, you're not rattled easy, and we can say, this is the yoke of my master. This is the yoke of Jesus Christ. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. His yoke is salvation and his burden is peace. His yoke is peace and, 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 and salvation and deliverance and freedom in my mind, my spirit, and my body. And his burden is peace. His burden is that I walk with joy unspeakable and full of glory. His burden is that I have peace beyond all understanding. In any situation that I have, there's peace in my heart. Come to me who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. See, Jesus tells at the beginning, you tell John, the healings are beginning to happen, but also the gospel's being preached. But what's the gospel? Come to me who all who are heavy laden, who are weary, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to Jesus. Why would I come to Jesus? Because his burden is light, because he will give you rest. I don't know how many times the gospel that Beth and I have preached had come into action and people come to our house. And there's all kinds of craziness going on in their life. They're frustrated. They're stressed to the max. They're this and that. And we say, come over to the house and we'll talk and we'll sit down with you. And they sit down and sit on the couch and we go over to get them something coffee and turn around and they're asleep. 
And the first time it happened, was like, this, this, they just fell asleep. What's, I mean, not just like, I almost left, like, out. <laughs> Snoring, right? I mean, we, we were just like, what in the world? What's going on? We started, are they on drugs or this and that? And some of these people weren't. And so we would stop and go, some of them were. <laughs> and then sometimes we would come and we'd stop, though, but the Lord began to teach us in his sins. Do you not realize that in their life, when they come into a place of rest like they've never known, it's overtaking them and they're able to rest. And one, there was one couple that came and they both fell asleep on our couch and they slept for over five hours on our couch. And our kids were just running around, we all just kind of being busy and they slept five hours on our couch just sleeping and they woke up and they were just like, oh my God, how long have I been asleep? And I was like, we fell asleep for like 10. I was like, no, you've been asleep for five hours. Five hours? We haven't slept in five hours in a long time. Oh, we're sorry, we're sorry with us. No, 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 no. You don't understand. That's what the Lord has told us to speak over this house is a place of rest, a place of peace, a place of comfort. This is the yoke of Christ. This is the burden that he has, is that when you come into this place, that there's rest. And that we were able to say, come unto him, the weary and heavy laden. Let's just take that weary, meaning your mind is tired. You've been so tired that your mind is just, you're just wore out, right? You say, I can take a nap, but that ain't going to work. I need a week, you know. We are living in a world right now where the people are beginning to speak out, I'm tired in my mind. My mind is, is fractured, it's broken, it's torn, it's, it's been fighting, it's wore out, it's this and that. And if we come to the poor, the poor doesn't necessarily in, in this scripture mean those without money, but it's those who need help. Poor in spirit, poor in minded, poor in health, poor in, 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 in just needing rest. Come to Christ. Why should I do that? Because the church tells me to? Maybe, maybe not. But for you, because you need rest. I don't know if I know what rest is. Let me show you. This is the gospel. John, the gospel is being preached. John, those things are being shown to people. John, lives are being changed. They're being touched. That's what we, that's what we see. That's what we begin to see in southeast Oklahoma. We're beginning to see not a bunch of different things, but now we're beginning to see cancers being healed. My friend that had the aneurysm, he came home last week. He went to a doctor's visit this week. In two weeks, he gets to go part-time work. They was telling him it could be up to six months. They were telling him, you need to get your social security because you'll never work again. <laughs> and in two weeks, he said, you're doing so good right now. Matter of fact, they said he was excited because he don't have to have a babysitter no more. No more babysitter. He's a, I, I sit up to his house yesterday and I said, we come to babysit you. He said, nope, not no more. I don't need it. They said, I don't need a babysitter. Gave him his license back. He's going to be able to drop. He had a CDL. He was afraid. He was worried about whether or not he's going to keep that. Doctor said, well, things are going good like this. I see no reason why you won't be able to keep your CDL and continue doing the work that you're doing. Right here in southeast Oklahoma. So what's so good about southeast Oklahoma? Blinded eyes are open. Deaf ears are opening. People are being healed, set free. Cancer is, is, is becoming to that place that we've spoken about, cancer-free zone. This is what we begin to see. And I believe Ms. K is right as we're talking about these things. We're beginning to see things that have already been spoken. Most of science that we've created today was based off of something that had already been happening. Electricity, whenever they discovered electricity, it wasn't something that's like, oh, we've never seen this before. This had been something that's going on in the sky, and someone says, we ought to be able to, to tap into that. It wasn't something new. Electricity wasn't something new. It was something new to us, and we begin to reveal, and we've learned how to harness it and how to use it, but it wasn't anything new. It was built off of something that had been happening since the beginning of time, as far as anybody ever knew. Amen? And so when we begin to see these things, we see these healings. And now as our testimonies begin to grow, it begins to happen even more and more and more. Now look what we're, me and Eric was talking about this way home is I have a phone. I can take a picture, a high resolution picture of Jack, and I can text it to Kay. And it'll send the, what else on my phone? Through the airwaves, however that happens, and boom, and hits her, and hits, hits her phone. Able to look at in an instant, right? That technology is built off of stuff that was already happened in the, in, the, in the past. The scripture that says there's nothing new under the sun. 
but we are learning to these revelations of how to use it. These revelations of, of now, man. Okay, and so you look at that. So electricity. Well, let's, we have electricity now. We can run from that. Let's get a light bulb going. <laughs> now we've got a light bulb. Now let's whatever. And you see the progression that we have. And what we're going to find, and Ms. Kay spoke it this morning, it's going to be a progression of that, of the things in the Spirit. That it's, I've, been, I've been preaching this for a while. It's not on its way. It's here. As a matter of fact, it's been here. It's always been here. I've, I've, we've always asked the Lord to move, and the Lord began to show me. He says, I'm always moving. So what we're seeing right now is, Jack said, the reflection. We're seeing the things that God's already spoken that has been from the beginning of time. It's from his heart, from the heart of God. Be listening and hearing the conversations that you're in with people about what they're seeing and what they're feeling. I listen to a lot of different things and there's a guy, one of the things that's funny is, so there's this, it's not a new thing, but I guess it's kind of a resurgence of an old thing, but a lot, a lot of these philosophers and thinkers and scientists have been re-experimenting <laughs> with hallucinogenics. And it's funny because some of the stories that you hear them, these are intelligent men. These aren't just what we were known back in the day, hippies and drug freaks. These are scientists, intelligent people. They're getting doctors and lawyers to take this. But they all speak of when they go into that realm of seeing what they can only describe as these beings. And then in these beings, there is a being. And they say, well, what's it like? One guy says, well, all I can say is it's pure, pure light. And not only pure light, but one guy says, it's not pure light, but it's pure love. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. That's, that's exactly what it was. When I was standing before, it was like everything I was melted away and I was standing before this being and I couldn't figure him out and it was just kept moving and kept changing and just when I thought that I could, that I had, I had figured out what it was, it changed. It was like a kaleidoscope. I'm going, hello, beast going around the, the throne with eyes on <laughs> Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. <laughs> they have all those eyes and they still ain't seen every facet of God. Even in a drug-induced state, it's taken beyond on what it's doing is just releasing all their inhibitors of what they think about God and who he is and being able to see him in the purest form. I will show them all. He's seeing everything. He's, he's, we're, we're, we're in a time right now that I believe God and Jesus is being revealed to every single person right now. And if we will begin to listen with Ears, as Jesus said, let this, those who have ears let them hear what the Spirit is saying. Not just what the lips are moving, but what the Spirit of people is saying. They're crying out. They're having experiences. And that's where we come in to help them say, what you're actually seeing is, is you're seeing the uncreated one. You're seeing visions of Christ. You're seeing visions of the Holy Spirit. You're seeing visions of the power of God, of the Creator, of what created us and created you with something in mind. And rest for your weary soul. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Man. Pray. <laughs> We're just going to pray. Hey man, this is, this is good stuff today. Thank you guys, you helped me preach today. I like it whenever everybody else helps me preach. <laughs> I, get, I do, I get tired of hearing myself speak, so... <laughs> God, we just thank you for the day that you've given us. God, we thank you for the many blessings of this day. We thank you, God, for the worship time that we had. And Lord, how, I love how you just put us all together. God, we all have a part. We all have a piece, God, that we bring to the table, God. And God, none of us have the whole revelation. And it's beautiful, God, as you bring us together with our pieces, we begin to see an even greater vision of the puzzle, of the piece, of the, the plan that you have for us, God. God, Southeast Oklahoma is special to us, God, because uh, you sent us here. You, we were raised here. We're a part of this, God. We've prayed over it. We've been our part of speaking, God. And God, we know that you are, are doing that work, God. And God, you're just as able to do the work that you said you would do. 
today as you were a hundred years ago as you spoke to people back then, God. God, we just ask that you give us the wisdom, give us the strength, God, uh, resources when needed to, to accomplish that which you've called us to do, God. Lord, we just speak, God, and we just declare, God, that the words of the city begin to say, I am accepted in the beloved God, that I am loved by the Father, and I, I am loved by Christ, and I am filled with the Holy Spirit, God. Lord, this will be, God, I believe, God, uh, that the anthem of this area, God, that I am accepted in the beloved, God. God, let us walk with a surety. Let us walk with the gospel of peace, God. God, let us walk with evangelism and Christ-likeness, God, Lord. Let us walk, God, Lord, with the Holy Spirit being guided and directed and led by your word and by your spirit, God. Give us boldness, give us wisdom, and give us strength to do that which you've called us to do, God. And in our area and our part, we do all of that, God. We give you the glory for everything in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to make our declaration. I was just thinking about it. Uh, what we are speaking is truth. So, when you say, make this declaration, it's something that can be applied to you and to your life. Amen. We're going to speak the truth. As we have given back to the Lord a portion of what He's given us, we declare that He teaches us to profit and leads us in the way we should go. The Lord gives us power to make wealth and supplies all our needs according to His riches and glory. We bless Israel and pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And as He blesses us, His way becomes known on the earth and His salvation among all nations. Lord, we are believing you for jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, debts paid off and transfer of wealth, prosperous businesses, our vats filled with oil and our coffers with gold, expenses decreased, blessings increased, heavens opened, earth invaded, signs, wonders and miracles and angelic visitations, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven, Lord, thank you for more than enough so we can give into your kingdom, co-labor with heaven, and see Jesus get his full reward. Amen.